How you doing? This is Tyler Yonke, Between Two Wheels Podcast, joined today uh, with Chris Flower. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, well. Don't lie. Okay, I'm doing not great, but I've been worse and uh, I've been better. But do you want to show the hand to the to the fans? It's not as impressive now as it was earlier in the the day and and yesterday. But yeah, I got uh, stung by a bee on the Wednesday night ride, and I've got a bee allergy, and used my EpiPen right when I got stung, but the uh, the sting area just swelled to insane proportions over the last couple of days to the point where I had to go to the doctor yesterday and, and get some steroids to help uh, the inflammation. And they haven't really kicked in yet because my hand is still like a little boxing glove. It looks fantastic. And you're doing the death ride. Yeah, I think it's a, it'll go hand in hand. Today, stage seven of the Tour de France highlights. Finally, we get a different sprinter taking the win and headlines knocking off Gaviria and Sagan from that. We're going to highlight a little bit of that, talk about it. We're going to get a little bit different perspective than just me. We also get Chris here today. And Kurt, if he were here, he'd have his surly um, jaded views as well. We're also going to try to cover the state crit championship in Davis, maybe go over Watsonville results what do you think of that i think that's a great idea all right and then um what's ahead for norcal racing and then last maybe we'll give a little brief brief uh, dust up of what's been going on over in italy for the women what do you think let's do it all right uh first coming up today's stage stage seven route i think is the longest of the tour 231 kilometers from fogrel to chartres I don't know if that's that does sound no, pretty you, spot on. You do a lot of the <laughs> and it uh, it helps. The race goes due east from um, start to finish. One categorized climb, cap four, one point five k, three point nine percent. This was the longest stage in the in the race. Longest yes. stage, two thirty one. So what, around one hundred and forty somewhere around there? Yeah, we'll, we'll say that's right. Yeah, pretty long day. A little warm out there. One sprint at the one hundred sixty eight. Uh, so another shot for Gaviria and Sagan to mix it up in that regard. Yeah, and then. Uh, bonus point, which long boring day, long boring. Day. What do you know about these two, uh, Fagre and Chartres? Anything you know about the the start and finish? Towns? I I know that the Tour de France started in one of the towns today and finished in the other today, so we've right. we've got that covered. But uh, before diving into that, I, what's the point of having a stage this flat that long in the race? I mean, it you would get the same result if you were to cut it in half. You know, what's interesting is that's a good question. And Robbie McEwen and um, Matt Keenan on the, <clears throat> excuse me, Matt Keenan on the Australian feed were actually saying the exact same thing. They're like, okay, look, you're trying to uh, bring in some people, you know, you know, there's a lot of excitement here. And this is the kind of race you have for today. And, there, you know, there's some question as to the riders are they, you know, they're making it boring because they're not doing anything. They're going, it was a pretty slow pace. There's two right. breakaways and they were both solo riders. Um, yeah, and I think the last one got pulled back in with like 60K to go. Correct. Well, the first one was out there for 100K, but it, you know, he ended it around 80, 90K still to go. Right. Because he started at 194. Oof. So, and you know, it's also interesting. You're seeing teams, uh, maybe it's a little bit different since um, we haven't hit the mountains yet. The team time trial didn't create the spread of the riders that you would see maybe typically because some of those riders that did well, Port and Froome, had already lost almost a minute. So then the time trial almost evened everybody out. Right. You're you're only seeing guys in the break. Um, <laughs> Direct Energy, Fortunale Samsic, and Wanty Group Gobert. And then there was a Trek guy thrown in there and a Kofidis guy thrown in there for good luck. Yeah. And, you know, so you think all these guys, Baca Melimer, he still thinks he has a chance. So Squoins, even yesterday, after he we went over the top and won the KOM, he said, oh, I, you know, Jack Bauer starts to go off with him. And he's like, I went back because Baca still has a chance. So there's none of these lower teams. They haven't got their their leader kicked out yet. Right. So the, no one's going for these breaks because they know they're going to not succeed. So yeah. the only ones that are going for them are the Conti teams. They ha- hang out there until 20K to go. The field reels them in and we're done. Right. Did um, I didn't see the early parts of today's stage. Were the only two breakaway solo attempts or was it just solo guys that stuck? I mean, did everybody just kind of say, ah, we're going to soft pedal this through the finish? Or? They, they started one early, but it, it was, you know, this typical stuff to begin with. And then just the Wanty group Gobert guy starts at okay. 194. So hmm. uh, I didn't really see much prior to that. 
right or what i would read up on it but it didn't look like it was everyone was had the impetus to really yeah. push it through sometimes yesterday you, was a tough day too so maybe it was tough a, a good opportunity to, to kind of spin out the legs for six seven hours right uh, you know and sometimes that's frustrating going out there for that long you know sometimes i'm sure the sprinters would and some of these riders would almost prefer it's just um kind of on yeah. all day now, now there was a split in the field. I don't know if you saw that. There it was, was a crosswind section. Crosswind section. Movie star kind of came to the front wow. oddly. The only person they really split off was Dan Martin, but the field was so big, both sections, right. that it didn't seem to be a panic issue. So he gets back up to the the front there. Um, tw- you know, then you have a bonus point or the the sprint intermediate sprint taken by Gaviria over Sagan and Kristoff. Then you have the bonus point taken by greg van avermaet right and then you have no, the he f- took the time the time bonus yeah, yeah yeah and then you have the finish right and what'd you think of that well before that uh when movie star was was kind of putting the the pain on the group in the crosswinds did quick step kind of roll up and laugh at them for trying to use their attack <laughs> method um but, i don't i don't know if they did if they laughed at him or not no it seems like that would be uh where quick step would want to make that move but anyway the, the finish was was pretty Interesting. I, I caught that. It was, um, you know, a lot of turns, a lot of road furniture leading into the finish. But I, I think it was a pretty clean finish overall. I mean, there was a little bit of bumping in the last couple hundred meters, but that's to be expected. But no major crashes that I saw. So no major crashes. And you had, you know, even the last eight, nine, five uh, K, uh, all there was all spread across the road. Everyone's kind of got their train and they're just slowly ramping it up. It wasn't anything super intense until maybe two or three K when there was a little bit more narrowing. Yeah. And it looked like, um, quick step kind of initiated that to, to put Gaviria in a good position. Right. And Sagan was right on his wheel. And I think the rest of the sprinters were right there too. Well, it was now quick step was kind of intermittent, but, uh, when they came into two K and there was a turn, Kofidis is at the front. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know. Who, good, good for them, but they've got a decent sprinter, they right? Laporte, do but I don't think no. Well, I don't know. It could be. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't see that they were in the top too well. And you don't. Well, good for them. I mean, it's always you need these guys going. So you had Dimension Data once again doing their work on the front. So Laporte got fifth. Laporte got fifth. Okay. Not so bad. not so bad for him. Yeah. Keeping him. You know, that's that's part of the whole thing too. Is keeping these guys up and out of the wind. That's what you've been seeing with Gaviria and Sagan. Doing, you know, Sagan just follows Gaviria around, right. and he bosses away whatever he wants, as as you know, Phil and Paul they, <laughs> they allow him to do. No, uh, so those guys are in the right position to be able to make the kick at the finish, and then you've got Dylan Grodenwagen, Kristoff. Kristoff just doesn't have the power, uh, but I think you know Kittle has just not been in the right positions, or Cavendish to to start the sprints out. This was the first sprint I really saw Cavendish even in the mix, right. and he just didn't look strong he didn't have much pop and he kind of got bumped out of the way it almost looked like he initiated and crashed himself out at one point there I, well so yeah this is so this is what i saw coming in so you've got the last 250 and ricchese hits the front and then gaviria goes and sagan's of course following that and up on the left it's a long sweeper to the right kind mm-hmm. of a gradual and grunewagen's back a bit and he starts to hit the power and cavendish gets on his wheel good for cavendish sure uh but Grunewagen's taking the long way around. He's on the outside corner of a right-hand bend, so he's on the left hand, kind of having to go the long way. Cavendish isn't able to hold his wheel. I mean, he's going away from him, and he's in the slipstream. And Grunewagen's a big guy. This should be a good good guy to follow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Cavendish swerves off of him, <clears throat> and it looks like maybe he hits the front wheel of Kristoff and kind of bang- slips his hands off the bars at the same time right. and, and sits up. And Grunewagen just blows everyone out. Yeah, Two he plus had, bike lengths. He had bike lengths over Gaviria. Yeah. He he definitely was a was a very was the strongest sprinter in that finish. Uh, I thought for sure it would be a Gaviria win, given how he had his team set up. But yeah, Grunewagen just kind of came out from from the back with a huge pop, and that was impressive. Uh, but yeah, Kittle was nowhere to be seen again, which is unfortunate. I was kind of hoping this would be a good opportunity for him to kind of get some confidence back. Nice, relatively straight sprint little uphill finish, uh, which should suit him. Just nice power sprint. And I don't think I saw him in there at all. Well, we're looking through the results. And I'm um, sorry to Kurt and Zimni both saying our, our connection is funky. Sorry about that. Maybe it's their connection that's it, funky. It, I think it's ours. This We don't have good connection here. Okay. Uh, but regardless of that, um, I, we didn't see 
Kittle up in the front on the results. So you thought maybe he was swapping bikes. I saw in the last two K he was having some trouble himself trying to like he was fading back. So yeah. maybe he was having uh, I don't know if he switched bikes or he just didn't make it up there or or he had trouble and had to just sit up. Yeah, not sure. I saw that um, his leadout guy Zabo was in there, but that that's why I thought maybe they switched bikes somewhere within the last you know twenty K or something. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen him really active or, or really threatening in any sprints yet. Right, right. So let's just take a quick look at the results that we have for today uh, coming into this. Well, first of all, just going into the day, I didn't see there were any abandons yesterday. Uh, Damien Goudin, uh, Goudin, Goudin, sure. yesterday he was dead last. He did get the, uh, he's your boy though. I, I mentioned, I said it was Chris, uh, Kurt yesterday, but it's actually yours. Um, anything you want to say about how proud you were of him yesterday? <sighs> I, yeah, I, I don't know if I really agree with his approach to attack the break there in, in the closing kilometers of the race. It, it pretty much doomed them, unfortunately. And obviously that didn't work well for him in the end. Right. Uh, obviously that break wasn't going to succeed anyway, but they could have ridden out a little bit longer. Um, but no, it's a, trying to get his, his face out there and, and get some camera time. So successful result in that did you say he ended up with the most combative on the day there i think his teammate did oh yesterday yeah yeah Uh, i I could be wrong but i think it was i think it was his teammate okay instead of him uh either way it could have been him who knows i i'm trying to remember now and okay so let's look at some american notables coming in today tj second at five seconds chad haggard 906 Ian Boswell, 24 minutes. Taylor, 36. Lawson Craddock, 57, 39. 170th, last place. And I think today he took that just, I think he takes it seriously. He thinks that if you're Lantern Rouge, you just have to stay on the back because he just, he just deposits himself right there and keeps at it. You, you think that's maybe the, I remember Steve Cummings used to do that a lot. Yeah. I, I think that's the his, safest thing for him to be doing. With probably. his injury, probably give himself a little bit of a buffer. So if he needs to break, he doesn't have to do it as abruptly. Or if he needs to, Change his line. He's got a little bit more time that he can do that where he's not causing additional pain. I can't see him finishing tomorrow. I mean, that would just be terrible. Well, tomorrow, no, tomorrow's fine. I think Saturday, Sunday is the Sunday. Sunday's Sunday's cobbles. Yeah. Okay. Sunday. So we got another sprint coming up tomorrow and then, um, cobbles on Sunday. You're right. I don't know how that 15 of them. I mean, it's not just a little run through some, you know, some nice little cobbles. It's 15 sectors. I guess if you sit really far off the back and just try and pick the smoothest line, maybe that'll, that'll work. But yeah. we can talk ouch. about some of that real quick. I heard an interview with Matt White yesterday and he was lamenting the fact that they're going over all these cobbles. And he said, you know, um, for Adam Hansen, a little guy, he's like, Yates. I'm sorry, <laughs> Adam Yates. Hansen's a big guy. Um, Adam Yates and that, they had some different thoughts of what they might do, like going into those first few sectors, even where it's going to be a battle. He's like, you know, you'd rather lose time than crash out. He's like, we may just pull back and sit off the back a little bit, kind of do the loss and Craddock thing. Sure. And have the whole team and just like plow it and do our own pace. Uh, team time trial. I don't know. I mean, not looking too far. I doubt ahead, they're going to do that, but that was one of the suggestions. How far is the finish from the last cobbled sector? Uh, I think it's like inside 10K, oh. 10, 15K. So if they're sitting off the back, and that's a lot of ground to try and make up. Well, that's the last sector. I, I think he was talking about the first one where you go from like a big four lane highway to like the size of a car. Gotcha. Okay. So they were thinking of pulling back instead of like racing to the front and just expecting mass carnage. Yeah. But what if you get stuck behind that mass carnage? Right. Right. Yeah. That could I mean, be a problem too. It's a gamble. Yeah. Uh, okay. So today was pretty good. What are your thoughts on on Dylan Gronenwagen? I'm I've kind of been a fan of his. I, I've liked to see seeing him sprint. I just like seeing different sprinters coming at it. Yeah. And it's good to see Gaviria get kind of caught out. And Gronenwagen's been kind of you've seen the speed he's been able to carry to the finish, just being in the wrong position. So it's kind of good to see him get that today. Yeah, I haven't. I, I to be honest, I kind of forgot about him until today, just because I hadn't seen him really mix it up in any of the sprints, and I don't know if that's a function of just not having a good lead out or if he's just not been able to pick the right wheel or, or what it's been. But I mean, obviously he's a, a phenomenal sprinter. I think he won last year on the last stage. Correct. Um, so he's, he's got sprinter chops. It's just a matter of, I guess, being there. Um, right. So you got to wonder is, is Gaviria's success, his ability or is it his lead out train? I mean, cause he's always right there and his guys always put him in the perfect spot. Well, I, I th- well, one, he's obviously good. What, didn't he win the Omnium at the Olympics? Yeah, on track. On track. I, my point is, it's not. He's not any. It's not like oh, he's he's just a rookie and he doesn't really know it. I mean, he's got some 
experience right. and some skills. Yeah. And then that team just puts you in the right spot. Oh, I mean, totally. So if you have, it's, I'm not saying it's easy, but I mean, when we're crazy, we're crazy. Rikazi's hitting the front, you know, four, four, 500 meters and just driving it to the line. And then you just kind of lets you off on the front yeah. right, from 200, 250. Right. Your chances are going to be pretty good. Definitely. The the difference is you see Sagan who doesn't, you know, his team gets up there and they work for him and then they just, he doesn't need these guys. He just works his way through and is always on a good wheel. So he's always getting a good spot too. I mean, Kittle, Gronawagen, Greipel, these guys should out sprint Sagan for the most part. Yes, definitely. But they're not. Yeah. And it's positioning in right. that situation. So Trust in your team, I guess. All right. So overall, GC didn't change at all. Well, Van Avermaet added to his time, uh, six seconds now up on Garrett Thomas, Van Garderen, your, your same guys. I didn't see anybody with any trouble uh, today. So, so we've got Quintana still what? down at 213. 12 guys within a minute of right. Van Avermaet. Okay. And, and I was, I mentioned this yesterday. Uh, if you would follow the podcast, you'd know this. Um, I was busy in the hospital. You look, <laughs> you look at the top 10. The one that you start to say is the the top guy that can maybe do something uh, for overall GC. It, well, I don't, know about Gar- in there. I don't know about Garrett Thomas, but Iran, right? So if you, he's at 48 seconds. So if you start taking everyone's time to 48 seconds, yeah. now you're all really close, right? What do you think about you're not gonna, I think he's got a... Well, yeah, Any but potential? he's at 54. My point is, yeah. if you look at kind of the virtual, you know, overall, who can take this? You're not looking at Greg Van Avermaet. So you don't look at 212 for Quintana as an example. You take 212 minus whatever it is up to Iran, and that's kind of your top guy that you got to look at. Well, how are we not counting TJ then as the uh, the top guy? Well, I'm he's, a, he's a super he's, domestique. He is the team leader. Come on. He's going to win it. Yeah. Now, didn't you mention that there was some rumors out there about uh, BMC and... And that they they wanted to get him in the jersey. What was, I was saw that a, a news piece that suggested there was going to be an effort to try and gift him the jersey from Avermatt just so he can be. Were there in quotes it. from the management? I don't think so. I think this was just kind of a let's see if we can't American news. No, it was. Um, I think it was Cycling Illustrated. Maybe I'd have to go back and look. Mm. But yeah. I agree, though. Yeah, I think you've got to use Iran as kind of the the baseline for evaluating time gaps relative to to GC riders. He's he's probably the realistic threat of everybody in there. So, I just real quick on um, TJ. What do you think? This I, I heard Kaylee Fretz of Cycling Tips said he was uh, Neil Young, Neil Young, Neil Rogers. Uh, maybe Neil Young too was doing a doing a, a write up about TJ being close to yellow and blah blah blah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, pro- maybe not the same aspect that you were just talking about. But hey, he's close, right? One little misstep and he's in the yellow jersey and he's an American. And we don't think it's going to be forever, but it'd be just like when Hincapie, you know, almost got the yellow jersey. Hey, you, you're in the, Van Evermet's in the yellow, right? I, that's the point. So Kaylee goes up to talk to him. Comes out of the the bus and. He starts to just mention, you know, how you doing, pleasantries, and then asks a question kind of about that, about the, you know, being close to the yellow jersey. Mentions the word yellow, says TJ looks away, grabs the stuff, just goes under the banner, whatever the rope there, and walks and just rides away. Without even saying bye, I'm not going to answer. Just huh. just a total dick move. That's that's. It seems a little touchy. It really does. It makes you wonder, like, if there was any <clears throat> substance behind him potentially getting it as a gift from the team or something like that. It's a little sensitive on his part to just walk away from a question like that. Or, or it, it maybe it's like, like, like my understanding of the team time trial was it was a count back. So on the previous stages right. placing, so it wasn't even a matter of, you know, who crosses the line first, Van Avermet's going to get it mm-hmm. if you have the same time. So there's really not a decision to be made by the team. Uh, and his thing is just like it's it's not even really my concern. So maybe, but then you can just say that, right? He just seems right. like he's such a head case. I mean, a few years ago, he was off of social media altogether because it was so st- tough for him. You remember that? Uh, not really. No, on that, and off. And I almost thought, oh, anyway, I won't go down that. But it's, it's it seemed a little odd. Uh, I think Cavendish is kind of the same way. I wanted to just say real quick about him. I think he came across Christoph's wheel. And Christoph was kind of yelling at him, looked like as they went across the line. And the other day, he was really protesting the sprints. But he, and this is my thing at the time, was like, why are you making a big deal about it when you do similar stuff yourself? 
Cavendish was protesting the sprints? Oh, there was, it was the other day. He was arms up in the air because Grunner Wagon had come across. And the way I broke it down, I looked at it a bunch of times. Cavendish himself starts on one side of the road. He swerves over to the other side. Hmm. Then he's swerving back. And now Grunner Wagon happens to swerve before he does. And he almost cuts him off. And now he's upset. And I'm Hmm. like, dude, you're like, it's okay when you're doing it to people behind you, but not, it seems a little shitty. It does. with TJ in the yellow, I don't think he's got any grounds to really be sensitive at this point. The yellow before the mountains really start, I mean, it's just kind of a, a showpiece at that point. It really has right, no right. significance. Right. I mean, Van Avermet in the yellow doesn't really mean much. There's it, there's so many milestones that the tour, everyone's always looking for. The first, look, New Zealand, they got their first polka dot jersey, and that's been talking points right. and, because Dion Smith, good for him, but it's one point. Yeah. And I know last year it was a big deal because we had um, Nate Brown and then uh, Taylor Finney. I think they were both were in the polka dots for a day or so each, right? Right. That's and right. it was a big deal. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. It's not early on. Especially when the early stages, you know, you might be the guy who just is leading the group over the first Cat 4 climb or something. Now I say that. And if that was me, I mean, for each one of those guys to be able to take home a polka dot jersey and to get up on the on the platform and the podium and everything every day. That's pretty cool. It's cool, but what do you do with that jersey? You give it to a shop back home, and yeah, they, maybe you give it to a shop. You're not going to frame it and hang it up in your house and be like, "I bet you are." Hi, kids. I, I, I just happen to be on front of the group at that time. That's why I have that there. It doesn't really have any substance. Yeah, I bet I you know. do. All right, so let's go on from there. Any winners or losers from uh, your first week of the tour that you've seen, or even today? Um, losers. <sighs> Right now, it, it's kind of a bummer to have seen what happened to um, Dumoulin. Um, a, getting the penalty for drafting right. off his car and just the terrible timing for getting a, the flat and, and losing the time there. I mean, he needs everything to really go right for him, I think, to, to have a shot at, at winning. And terrible time to lose time. Difficult to make it back in that spot. So I think he's just kind of finding himself further and further on the back foot early, which is kind of overwhelming as you start to kind of look ahead to what two more weeks of racing and and the mountains haven't even arrived yet so. well and going into yesterday he hadn't put a foot wrong i mean he was kind of the guy you're looking at 11 seconds off and you're like this he's he's done it all right he's he's kind of had the the easy ride you mm-hmm. know, floating around france uh what do you think about that rule and how it's so subjective that's the challenge i think with with a lot of the rules for for the race here is it's it's at the jury's discretion i suppose right and right Rarely do you see the the penalties getting handed out equitably. Because um, if you look at some of the finishers yesterday, there were a couple guys that were probably taking just as long of a draft off their team car as Dumoulin, but maybe they're not the marquee rider, so the camera's not on them, so the jury doesn't see it. And it's like, well, that's not really fair. It's not right. Dumoulin's fault. Yeah. Um, so I think, how do you solve it? I mean, obviously you need some kind of rule to prevent that, but... You just need to make sure that the rules are are applied evenly across the board. And I and I had heard yesterday they were talking about one of the officials had mentioned how depending on kind of the, how the road is, like if it's one of these wide open roads, they're much more strict about these rules. You know, for a, 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 getting a penalty, but for guys that actually had a mechanical, mm-hmm. uh, not just getting dropped, than they do when it's twisty attorney stuff. Mm-hmm. So well, it was twisty attorney stuff yesterday, mm-hmm. and he just got caught in the wrong spot. I mean, right. And I don't know, maybe you need a time of like how long you're actually going to allow this and it's a clock on you. That'd and be good. They, yeah. they go, you're kind of like golf. You're on the clock. Right. But, you know, everyone knows, right? You're kind of on the car. You're watching this on TV and it's it's kind of that time. And then you're like, okay, now it's uncomfortable. Um, break. Get out of here. Someone needs to. Well, I think maybe in that situation, the, 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 the DS, DS needs to step in and say, hey, back off or swing out a little bit and make it look like you're. You try and come up for a bottle. I don't know, just something to to right. get him off the wheel. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it, at one point, I think he had chased back on within thirty seconds, and then just once they started hitting the the climbs, he just fell off. And uh, so Bardet came off as well. And I had heard yesterday. You know, I knew he had to chase on real quick too, but I also had heard that he had taken um, a teammate's bike. Hmm. And I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, French rider that used to be. Um, I think it was on. Uh, it will come to me. His dad had raced, uh, I think it was with BMC at one point. Anyway, um, 
that he had taken his bike. He's a bigger guy. So oh. I think that's part of the problem of him coming off the group as well on the climb. I don't know. It would probably be difficult to, to, to put down power on a bike that's totally not fit for you. But yeah. it could have been worse if he'd waited for a bike. Right, so right. You do what you got to do. So my loser is Mark Cavendish. He's just, he's not looked good at all. Team's yeah. actually doing work to get him up there. And just seeing today uh, that he could not hold the wheel of Gronewagen when he kicked, uh, it was it was a little something to see. You know, because usually Cavendish, that's kind of his his thing. When Gronewagen kicked, Cav goes to kick and it just, he's flailing so yeah i mean grunewagen's a powerful dude right so you're you're gonna struggle the whole and he, he's big relative to cavendish but he's not a big guy relative to the other sprinters so he doesn't offer a huge draft because right but cav you when i was looking at the overhead there was a difference there it's like oh who's this little kid oh that's yeah. that's the 35 win <laughs> stage win cavendish right is it 35 is that what something he like that yeah. oh, that's a record he's trying to get yeah uh, so anyway, too bad for him, but that's kind of the way it is. You know, Sagan gets, what, 10 wins, uh, 22 second, second places. You know, that just p- kind of puts into perspective the right. amazing ability of Cavendish. Yeah. Because you convert just half of those or, you know, you, you suddenly have a, an amazing number yourself. Anyway. So who's your winner thus far? Well, it would have been Dumoulin because he had, you know, there's no GC guy that's, that, except for Iran, um, just having coming off yesterday, he's maybe the one that's done the uh, most consistent, which is why you see his time up there. And I think that's even that team, they're not trying to get in breaks. So I think for right now, it's probably Iran. You know, he had a little tough time yesterday, but um, looking the best so far. We'll see how it really works out, though. Yeah. And yesterday's climb, I, short, punchy climb like that. I mean, maybe that's not the best fit for Iran and right. Froome, but that's why they've got the other big climbs coming up that they can kind of get that time back on. So, right. Right. Okay. Uh, let's just preview quickly coming up here. Stage eight tomorrow, Drew to Amans. So they're heading up North, getting further, closer and closer to Paris and then uh, up to Robay. Uh, that's 181 kilometers. It's a little lumpy. There's two cat four climbs, a sprint and a bonus close to the finish. Any idea what the finish looks like? Uh, I haven't, it looks, it's not an uphill. It looks like it's a drag in. So there should be one more time for the sprinters. Their last chance actually. Cause you, so then Sunday we have the cobblestones mm-hmm. and what do you think of guys like uh, Van Avermet? Well, he, maybe he's the biggest winner. Uh, you didn't pick a winner. That's true. I didn't. I, I was going to say Van Avermet, um, partially because of the yellow Jersey and partially because I, whether he just wanted to be in the yellow or he knows BMC's pretty much done for, I think he's one of the last marquee guys on the team that doesn't have something lined up for next year so right. he's or definitely TJ. doing a good job kind of presenting himself as a an option for other teams so good for him for taking the, the incentive there right so what do you think about coming in you've got some of these classic let's van avermont as an example yeah i mean this is a day he could actually win right yep. oh definitely but does he not simply because the the whole impetus and the the, the, the whole surrounding of this team is for port and does he then, I mean, I know you probably play it as it comes, but what do you think? I think they let him go. I, I think that they've got, what, six other guys that can babysit port and say, you know, BMC does need to get their name out there and they need to kind of be on display. So I think having Van Evermet up there in the finish, in the yellow jersey, sells well for them to future sponsors. And it's, I mean, the cobbles don't come that often in the tour, so not giving him the opportunity when he's he and who else is out there set van mark i mean those guys have to be let off the leash and and allowed to go for it so well sup is another great example so i wonder if you know because you've seen that team they are you know they were all over iran when he got in a wreck or caught up the other day and mm-hmm. they boom they got him right back to the front it was yeah. a very impressive comparison to Ilner zacharin at the time uh you haven't seen any of them try to get in breaks like they were last year i mean right. they are t- committed a hundred percent i heard simon clark talking basically like Hey, uh, sorry, Lawson, but you know, get the f out of the way. Um, we're here for it's nice. You're a nice yeah. guy, but we're we're here for a re- and it was almost it was brutal the right. comments. So you wonder if Sep if he's going to be let off the leash or if his duty once again is Iran. You know, I think that they they let Sep go because I think they have Taylor too. That's something they leave Taylor to to kind of oversee Iran and then let Sep go because I mean he loves the cobbles as much as Van Avermaet. So you've got to give those guys the freedom to to go get a win in that situation. Who do you think looks good in the way of cobbles from the GC guys? I know um, Nibali's done well there in the past. Anybody else have any reasonable cobble uh, well, uh, success? Thomas, Garrett Thomas. I don't know. I mean, at least yeah. classics-wise. 
Uh, that might be an interesting the dichotomy between he and Froome. Yeah. Uh, it just comes to me. I think, you know, who did well last time was actually TJ. He was still in the mix, very close to uh, um, Nibbly as well. So that'll be interesting. I, I don't think he's necessarily a GC guy, right. but I think that'll help back into the port thing. Um, so Valverde probably, you know, Nibbly is weird about how he handles those things. Um, it'll be, I don't know. It'll be uh, interesting. You know, Froome never got a chance to to show what he can That's do because he crashed out beforehand. So. Right. Uh, who do you think can handle it with the GC? I, I don't know if it's going to be a good one for Port. Um, it just seems like the the smaller, small guys just will get beat up a little more. Than, Dumoulin? I think Dumoulin will do okay. Yeah. Uh, he's a bigger kind of long-range power guy. Um, I, I, I think Froome will probably be okay. I think he's he should have taken some type of preview of some of the cobbles. And it seems like, based on what we've learned about Sky over the past six months, they're extremely thorough in their preparation. So I'd like to think that they did a, a little bit to preview the cobbles and, and get Froome to a point where he, he can handle it. So I think he'll be okay. I think he and Thomas will probably have to work collaboratively. Um, I'd be curious to see if Thomas uses it as an opportunity to try and create a little additional separation so he can go in the Alps and say, Hey guys, I've got two minutes on Froome. Let's, let's work for me. It's such a weird situation. I mean, the yeah. fact that he's won two bonus time sprint, uh, you know, points right. two times. I yeah. don't know what the total number is, is just interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely doing everything he can to kind of, and even I, the sound bites from him, um, that, that you can pick up. It's like, I don't know. the The team leadership will be decided as the race goes on. Right. So, I mean, he's obviously not full on for Froome, but it seems like, you know, we had talked about this. You, Kurt, and I is is um, Bernal is probably the most likely candidate to step into that Froome role in the future, and he's been really impressive so far. He's been he he looks like the committed teammate. Yeah, this race. But, and he's just been quiet doing his job, yeah. and you know, he's he doesn't seem to be putting himself in a position to challenge Froome in any capacity. Oh, so. no, no. Yeah, I don't think he is at all. Um cuz that's been he's putting his neck out in the wind for Froome quite a yeah. bit at times. Uh Walt Poles hanging on the back today, and he's just biding his time for the time, you know, the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see all the split teams that really came to to show with um you know, like like I said, Zacharin, where Kittle was kind of pulling some of the team his direction that day. Uh, movie star not sending a bunch of guys back for Quintana. Right. Because you protect three guys. So let's say you attach one to each. That's six. You got two guys. that I, You're spread so thin. Right. So, you know, Froome has always been, I mean, Froome Sky has always been one for one, you know, all for one or whatever. Yeah. But it's maybe not now. I, I think Thomas must kind of see his, his time is fading with the success of some of the right. other riders. And I think that's why you saw him blazing so fast uh, early season or uh, right before, um, was it the Swiss or the Daphne that he won? Yeah. Um, you know, flying. Right. Yeah. Uh, what about Bardet? You think he's got a chance to stay upright? <laughs> I'm thinking maybe he gets a couple of his bigger riders, one on each side and just kind of hold them up. Right. And escort them through the he, cobbles. He may break a leg just <laughs> riding those cobbles. It'll be, I, I think that'll be one of the more, exciting stages just because it does offer that unique uh flair for racing is you, you've got those cobbles and it's not climbs where you kind of know who's going to do well and who's not and there's there's obviously quite a bit of just luck involved as well right do you or don't you get a flat do you or don't you get stuck behind some un, unexpected crash or something so there's there's a lot of potential for mix up so it's it's kind of a cool dynamic stage one thing that's been nice at least so far is <clears throat> uh now we saw Froome go off the road but he was it looks like about as easy of a fall as you can actually get. I know uh, Yates has gone down, but it doesn't seem... None of the big favorites have had a wreck up till now that's impacted their racing. Right. Other than losing some time, you know, having to get back to the group or whatever, but it's not impacting their body and their ability to recover, uh, which I like because I it's I want to see the mountains sort of like I was hoping with the sprints this year, where mm-hmm. it's just every there could be a different person every day, a lot of slugging it out. Yeah, you want you to have, see the best of the best at their best. Yeah. And and I think the the, the cobbles are going to shred some people <laughs> unnecessarily. So yeah, Tuesday I, will come about and we we'll, may only have one or two guys with a chance. I don't know. I'd be curious if a lot of the GC guys just don't kind of mark each other and say, okay, I'm around so-and-so. We're probably okay to just Well, yeah, there will, there will be some of that. And then yeah. there's going to be some of those guys like a, a nibbly that can hang on to someone and he's just going to go up the road and then it, shit's going to hit the fan. And Yeah, I, I, 
everybody praises Sagan for his his bike handling. I think Nibali's one of the better bike handlers out there as well. Yeah. So I think the the cobbles might be his opportunity to chip some of that time back that he he's lost thus far. So I think I would expect him and his team to be one of the one of the more um, instigators of, of trouble as a as a GC team. He doesn't look quite as smooth as Froome on the bike, but you're right. He, hand, <laughs> he handles it well. Few look as good as Froome. Right. Uh, we'll get off the tour here in just a second, but things that make you go, hmm, do you have anything? I, I, I have one I can I can mention if you want to think you about it. You go ahead and lead the way. So we're, as our friend Mark uh, on, on a group ride last week, um, we, you and I, you were with us, right? When we took the little deviation. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we come down. He had been with the main group, and we saw him on the side of the road with a police officer and asked him later on what the heck happened. Got a flat. He's uh, on the side of the road trying starting to fix his flat, and he says a homeless lady just jumps out of the, <laughs> jumps out of the bushes and starts yelling at him that he raped her and he owed her money. I don't know if he owed her money for the, the services that she said he had taken without just compensation, but regardless he like freaked out freaked out and called the cops real quick because he's like i don't he goes i couldn't get up and leave i had like double flats so not only that you don't want to run away from from that and have a bystander come by and right call the police on you so yeah quick thinking on his part to uh to resolve the situation quickly but she jumped out of the bushes and where he was pulled over i wouldn't have expected that because it's kind of a ritzy little it's a nice part of town so Yeah. Anyway, uh, careful out there in the bushes. You got anything for us? Well, I thought we were going to do things that make you go, hmm, about the tour. But if we can expand it outside of that. Oh, you can, anything you want. Things that make you go, hmm, is basically anything. Uh, So we do uh, the Wednesday night ride here, the whatever you want to call it, Wednesday night worlds. God, that was a terrible ride this week. I think we had horrible. Except for I won a bunch of stuff, so it wasn't that bad. Everybody got a flat except for you and I think two other people. It was just. That's how you uh, win. God, you went out there and threw glass out on the road, I think, <laughs> ahead of the ride. My kids. <laughs> it seems like it's not the best. I wouldn't expect that many flats this time of year. The road should be relatively clean. and But no, I think there were at least half a dozen flats. You flatted before the ride even started. I did, yeah. Was, you guys were nice enough to wait for me. I, I it was that. super hot, too. So uh, um, that was part of the, the, the reason. Yeah, it, I don't know what the deal was. No. Um, I mean, I was fine. Flats, blowouts. It was a small group too, so it's not like we had a hundred riders out there. Right? So, eh. Yeah, it's crazy. What do you think of the zipperless jerseys? I think it looks ugly. Yeah, ugly. I mean, what do you do? If you, I'm assuming that it's made out of a, a space age fabric that that keeps you cool, but a lot Still of those guys a in there. are are you know prone to unzipping to get a little extra cooling going on. I I don't know. I, I can't imagine they're going to use them on the mountain stages. I didn't even know it was a thing until you started mentioning, you know, uh, T-shirts. And, yeah. and then I heard Lance Armstrong was complaining about it yesterday. And, and I'm in agreement. I mean, uh, I don't with the new jerseys, the way they're so light, I don't unzip them like I used to, mm-hmm. you know, like really unzip. You wanted a full length zipper. Um, I remember some of the jerseys I'd get, they had just, you know, the little zipper. And my, my mom would alter them to put a full length one in because wow. it's nice. But, you know, the, the way that those jerseys are, you don't necessarily need that. So I don't know. It's still, though, I want something. I just it just looks weird. And it looks weird. I mean, it's maybe just, maybe it's one in the back. He's got like a not. like a it's wetsuit just a pullover. It's really weird. Pullover. Is uh, it a, is it a one? Is it a onesie? I don't think so. I think it's just t-shirt. That's that is odd. Uh, look at Dan Martin's uh, podium shot from yesterday. That was an impressive ride yesterday. It was. That was really well done. All right. So we just talked. T-shirt. Right. So we just talked about the stages coming up. There's a rest day on Monday, and then Tuesday they hit the mountains to Le Grand Bernard. Uh, that should be fun as well. All it's right, it's like three mountain stages stacked in a row. Right, they're right. Thursday, next Thursday, they're hitting Alpe d'Huez. Ooh la la, Alpe d'Huez. Uh, I think the day before is at the hundred kilometer weird yeah. stage. It's not the the staggered start one, but it's still a hundred k and short. And you're looking at sixty some miles. I, I like that format. I, think I do too. Yeah, compared to today, was it Colorado or Utah recently started trimming them down just for shorter, more explosive stages? I, I All like of Colorado were, were like that. Uh, I don't know if the Utah did that, but one of them did. Colorado's last year were definitely they had a bunch of circuit races. Yeah, all but the one. Uh, it was a big loop in the last day, but a bunch of little circuit stuff that you know the one up in Breckenridge was awesome. It was it's like a little world's course. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
All right, so let's talk about Davis. So here in Northern California, we have state criterium championships. They call them districts because it kind of splits the state in half because we have a civil war going with the South. Yeah, I don't think that the SoCal contingent is going to recognize the NorCal winner as the state champion. No, but we're not going to recognize them either. God, no. Right. They're terrible. Um, And we can just, if you want to do it, we'll just defer to who does better in nationals. That works. I don't know. What, who well, comes it let's see how national like, shake out before we make that decision. Right. Uh, Masters-wise, we do. Okay. Yeah. So this this year, they they usually have it in Oakland. Well, the last few years, the crit, and it's like the last race of the season. And I think the 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 crowd or the, the, the participants are maybe in the 20s. It's kind of... I think guys are burnt out that late burnt in the year. Burnt out. It's a, I mean, Oakland's a, a phenomenal right, course. Right. But... It's just not... So this year, they put it on the 4th of July crit in Davis. And I... One of the best, I, when they first announced that, I said it was one of the best ideas that they've had. Yeah. And it was. And we had uh, 100 riders in the P12 field for the for the, the, the districts. And it was, that's a good course, uh, a lot of fun. And it was hot. It wasn't as hot as it had been before. It was in the mid 80s. Yeah. It was a nice cool day. Yeah. Uh, a little windy. Right. So it was good. So Vogel, who, had, who was the defending champion of Mike's Bikes, and he comes out there with a good contingent and, you you didn't race it. I did. Jason and I, I, I took part in it. But um, you want to just talk about what you saw from because you watched it. You walked the course and you got some. De- and then I'll talk about mine. And we can talk about the trainer road video. though. <laughs> yeah, I went out and um, uh, I, I ran a 5K the morning before oh, or the morning of. So that kind of uh, sat my legs for any Loser real racing. of the NorCal scene right now. <laughs> um. No, so I went out and, and watched the P12 race. I got there and it was maybe five, 10 minutes into, into the race. Um, great weather. Crowds were amazing. Uh, that was probably the most sizable crowd I've seen at that race or any local race in quite some time. So that was really cool. Every corner had people, uh, just a bunch of folks sitting out on their lawns watching, uh, just engaging with the group. So that was in, in overall race vibe. It was probably one of the best ones I've seen in, in quite a while. Uh, but when I got to the race, Vogel was already off the front with um, Justin Thompson from Tarun, and it looked like they probably had about a 20, 30 second gap at that point. And um, I just kind of walked the course just to see the race play out from different vantage points. And really nothing changed for the duration of the race. Um, there were right. a lot of onesie, twosie efforts to try and get across, but but nothing really stuck. Um, a lot of guys were making solo efforts when you know, they, they probably could have done a little better job to try and collaborate with other teams and actually get across. Did you see any teams that missed the break uh, driving on the front for a while? Not really. No, there was, like I said, there was a lot of like onesies, twosies on the front even. There wasn't really ever what appeared to be a concerted effort to really bring it back. I mean, even when it got to like, you know, crunch time, 10, 15 laps to go, there wasn't uh, a really significant drive that i saw again it was just a lot of not to call it desperation but a lot of like oh we may have missed this let's let's throw guys up the road the only person who really made a genuine effort would have been skinner who actually did get across um and that was one of the cooler things about the race that day was he'd made an effort solo earlier and who does he ride for he rides for himself he doesn't have a team um he got about halfway across solo pulled the plug, went back to the group, waited till about, I don't know, maybe 15 laps to go, jumped away solo again and made the connection. And the crowd was really rooting for him because he was kind of floating in between um, Vogel and Thompson and the the field. So he actually made the connection just coming through the last corner. And there was a, a pretty big crowd at the start finish and they were extremely excited. So it was, it was really cool to see the fans just not there, but actually paying attention and being engaged in the race. Um, my guess is that the bridge effort just totally worked him over because uh, I don't think he had much in the sprint. Well, and it was windy. So the the, the start-finish stretch, which is the longest section of the course, uh, was a little bit of a tail cross. But then you've got those other backside sections and the, you know, the wind kind of hits you. Yeah. So it wasn't uh, an easy move necessarily either. I did see that, you know, in the early parts of the race, you were right up there. Top 10. Right. So. It was a 75 minute race and I, 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 I'd just done the masters. So you were warmed up. I was warmed up, uh, but a little fragile with my fitness <laughs> and my, so the point is I, I like that crit because there's what, six corners, 
Uh, is that right? Yep. Two, four, yeah. Uh, six corners. It's use, it's shortish. Uh, it's usually strung out in the P12. And I like to have, I get up to the front and then you, I can hold my position. Mm-hmm. And that's, so I did a lot of work getting up there. And then the problem is, you know, skin, these guys go up the road and you know who they are. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew I, I could see who, who was going up the road. And so then the dynamics play out and none of these other teams are chasing. They're doing some onesies, twosies right. types of things. They're not. And then the last 10 laps, you just need it strung out. They yeah. still had a chance. What do you think they were up the road on, on us at that point? Yeah, maybe 20, 25 seconds. I yeah. think they were probably still in view in the long straightaway section, but maybe just going through the turn. So they were definitely gettable if there was a, a concerted effort from the field. You know, if, if each one of the big teams sent three guys up to the front and just drove it hard and rotated, right. they would have brought them back. Yeah. Especially once they got to within... Eight, ten. Eight laps to go, and Vogel kind of started playing a little bit with, with attacking and slowing the brake speed down. I, I think that if there was some awareness from from the groups that were left in the pack, that they could have definitely brought him back. So Vogel wins. Uh, well, he ends up winning the race. Yeah. Um, Thompson, is that right? Yep. Gets second. Thompson had an amazing ride at, I want to say, either Land Park or... I think it was Calaghi. Calaghi. Yeah. Super strong. Yep. Uh, Vogel is no joke. I'm a defending champion. Yeah. So you get those two guys up the road. I was amazed at the teams that did nothing. I mean, you, know, you at least have contingents of uh, the Mike's to that bike's dev team, development team. Mm-hmm. Um, why can't they chase? They're not. I think they had a guy in the break early, but uh, fell out. Of right. Um, Davis team. They mm-hmm. had a pretty good team there. Oak Valley. They had a decent sized team. And uh, the Cliff Bar team who had a big team and they're all about crit racing. There was and another team out there that had numbers as well, but it escapes me at the moment. But anyway, but none of these guys took it on themselves to do right. any of the work to to try to bring it back. And you've got to know who those guys are. So just a quick aside, uh, Trainer Road, um, they do a podcast and a video thing. And they had two guys on Cliff Bar with uh, cameras on their bikes and they released the video and they broke down the whole race. What was interesting to me was uh, these guys never once mentioned... Um, who the two guys up the road were, because I think that makes a big difference. Do you have two guys that can hold off a field or not? They don't even know who they are. Okay, so they, know, they keep that in mind when you go watch it. Uh, another one, they kept confusing the fact that the the Mike Spikes development team was part of the other team, which is a little odd. I mean, the jerseys are different, but but, but no, no, no. Your your, your team, I, I know that. Yeah. Because I why? Because I race in this area all the time. Right. So you just know. Yeah. That was a little odd. Second, third was their comments were they were going to wait till the last and then, you know, Owen, Jalot, they were, that's the guy they were going to work for. So they had a plan where they were just going to wait till the end and then, you know, bring it up. Um, and then they end up having guys that flat out and such. You've got to change your dynamic, I think, if things change. Do you yeah. have those two guys up the road? Um, are you just, and, and by the way, in the early part, I saw Owen raising his hand for his team to come up there to, to chase. But they were, in, you can see it in the video, they're in the back. So they mm-hmm. didn't see that, I guess. And then they never chased. They um, they did some breakaways. I was disappointed at watching this, partly because I want the thing strung out right. <laughs> to help me out. And I, it's just me and Jason. But um, interesting yeah. interesting dynamics that because um, they could have caught those guys and yeah, could have still had a chance to win. Yeah. If the if the other teams had worked, so I just looked at the results real quick. Team California had, yeah, that's right. had numbers. Yeah, A-Main Larson, had numbers. A-Main. Um, yeah, I think there was one other team, but yeah, there's there's definitely enough horsepower in that field to pull those guys back. And yeah, you would have to see a few laps in a row of guys just on the front drilling it, holding you know a good pace to to have that happen, rather than I'm going to attack off this front for a lap and a half myself. Right, it just doesn't work. But you know, hey, I floated around for top thirty. There you go, thirty two or so. No, but no nothing, was- nothing to brag about, obviously. That's a long race, and for those two guys to stay away, even if the group wasn't working extremely well together, I mean, those two guys were, they were putting in a ton of power to keep away from that field for that long. Right. So, uh, Jeff Linder has a video out, too, that he kind of broke that down. Uh, so that's that's a little bit different one from the front. It's pretty good to watch as well. Um, He's been putting out really good videos lately. Yeah, he did one for, so he, he then ended up going and winning um, Watsonville, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if they're, we were worried about that race even happening. It looked like they had a uh, kind of a last minute surge in, in participants. I mean, it wasn't a huge field. It was maybe 15, 20 guys in the P12, but that's 
better than the not right the race not happening at all and then what about uh, he had a red kite one as well um showing almost a wreck yeah with paulson and benedict is that right yeah sam benedict from mike's and uh, check that one out we'll try to post that maybe on our youtube thing here um what about any other races that's that you've had or any other comments you want to make about davis davis for the masters was, yeah how was the masters it was good uh I was there to try to help my teammate Jason because uh, he's got a good sprint. And uh, I think in the last few corners, he, well, a few laps, he said he was taking a drink of, from his bottle and then couldn't get it back in until he lost contact with me. So then I just had to try to wing it myself. I got seventh. Yeah, and throw that bottle out. Right. A little disappointing not to quite, it's sixth. They paid down to sixth. And Ooh. Jeremy Cadell just got me at the line while well, I, I was trying to come up on him. So he held me off. I don't need, he probably didn't for me. I'm just like trying to get in the money and yeah. he's, he's like, I'm not going to get the win. So, <laughs> but what's interesting is Josh Wood won that one over uh, Dave Grunman and Mike Sayers yeah. who both had good kicks and Josh Wood has a ridiculous kick coming in there, but as a, uh, it's kind of pointing at him out over the line. Looked, I don't know if there's something going on. Maybe we need to dig into that to find out if there's some ill will going pointing on. At who? You look at the finish line photos yeah. and Josh Woods pointing over it like Grunman, like, ah, oh, okay. I got you. Maybe, I mean, Grunman's one of the nicest big guys you're ever going to find. That's true. Yeah. I don't know if there was some disagreements in the field or something like that. I don't know. Um, in the in the Watsonville crit, looking at Linder's video, um, Linder got into a break late with um, Cycle Sports Brian Funk and then also um, our former teammate Bobby. Okay. And, Tara? um, you know, you just watch Bobby race and he's, he's Smart. definitely impressive. I mean, yeah. he just, he's thinking well ahead of what he's going to do times his attacks really well. He ended up getting jumped by, by Linder in the finish and getting second, but it was, it was just cool to see kind of Linder's viewpoint and, and kind of how Bobby races. It was, it was definitely impressive. Yeah. Bobby's a smart kid. Yeah. Uh, well, I, he's, he's more than just a kid though. Yeah. All right. Um, Coming up here in NorCal, well, first of all, the amateur nationals are taking place uh, this 26th through the 29th. Do you know where those are at? Are they back in Maryland again? I don't know. I'm looking at them here online, and it doesn't say where it's at on our calendar. It just says national championships. Um, So that kind of sucks. I'll tell you in one second. Then we have San Rafael on the 28th. That's going to be a big deal. Beat the clock time trial series, though. Same day. Which one are you going to do? San Rafael or beat the clock? I can go into that in a bit. Um, so yeah, nationals are in Hagerstown, Maryland. Again. Okay. So right. I, what do you think about that being the same day as San Rafael with San Rafael having been rolled into the USA crit series? Do you think that'll, that's a stupid impact, uh, or affect the turnout at San Rafael, even though they're putting $10,000 up for the prize purse? It could, you know, is the national, is it the crit and road or yep. is it? Oh, Shebang. oh, it is. Yeah. Well then that's going to, what day is the crit? I do not know. Let's check. So that might that would definitely affect it. I mean, there's only a few guys that are going to be able to that prize list. You're going to make the the trip, but then you're going to maybe screw yourself over if one's before the other. Right. That's a lot of money, though. That, I mean, eh. right. And they're paying, I think, twenty deep, twenty five yeah. deep. Now this no. is the final for the uh, the overall. Is that? I think it's the last one on the calendar because I think it comes a week after Boise. Yeah. Two so weeks? Boise's coming up this weekend, isn't it? Yeah. So the crit is on Sunday for uh for nationals and what day is san rafael must be saturday so yeah saturday, yeah the 20 guys aren't going to do both they're not going to race a night crit in san rafael and try and get over to maryland to race nationals not no happen. not not that way that that time zone works either no. going the other direction oh, that's too bad uh then we got patterson pass race uh some uh, red kite coming up uh dunnigan hills suicide so soon so soon Harbor Criterium, San so Ardo. Dunnigan Hills is a key one because I believe that's district uh, road championships for elite. elite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good course for that, I think. It's You eh. love that. I love burning out there in the heat. I've I, done it before and I'm like, it feels like my feet are on fire. I prefer if there's like um, some, uh, not forest fires, but fires in the hills on, <laughs> and, and it adds a little smoky element to it. I think gotcha. it was two years ago when we were subjected to that. and whew, It was brutal. Uh, and then winters, I'm going to try to target that one coming up at the end of August. <clears throat> um, what do you know about the Giro Rosa? Tell me what you know about it. So it's a women's race in 
Europe, in Italy. It's a UCI WWT World Women's World Tour race. Okay. So it's a pretty big deal. It's kind of like they're they're going up the Zonkalon, I think. Oh wow! Coming up okay. here in a few days, so it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Uh, when I talked to Katie Hall and Taylor Wiles at the tour of California, they were both mentioning it. Um, Taylor Wiles was going. Uh, Katie's team had not been invited, and I'm watching that rate those races are over there right now, and I'm thinking this would be perfect for her. I mean, she's this is uh, it's kind of made for her because it's full on like Giro type of racing. Um, we had Taylor Wiles get his second the other day. I'm trying to look. It's not on TV. I think you can stream it, um, rebroadcast. At least I'm seeing that on Steep Hill. Okay. Uh, otherwise, you're getting like five minute highlights. They had a 15k uphill time trial yesterday. Van Vluten, I think, won that. Killed everyone. Yeah, um, two and a half minutes over 15k. Yeah, yeah, Yikes. yeah. So it looked pretty good. And Amanda so UHC Spratt, didn't get an invite to it. They did not get an invite wow. to it. Yeah, it's crazy. It is kind of crazy. Huh. And and you know, um, like I said, I think Katie Hall would be prime for that because i'm yeah. watching new adama is doing but it was doing fairly well and a few of these others who she destroyed uh not destroyed but she did she destroyed at yeah two, i think Amgen. that's fair to say <laughs> i mean she put a, a huge dent into that right, field so. right ruth winder had done well as well huh. um how many stages is it total i'm not sure we'll okay. have to check into that and maybe when it's done we'll recap that up sounds good yeah i mean the the tour is going on right now it's it's tough to focus on everything right and what do you think of that because I, I had mentioned that the other day there's some stuff on twitter uh, one of these female cyclists had, she said, oh, I was in the bike shop and the guy's like, hey, did you see the tour today? And she goes, and I, I shot back, did you see the Giro Rosa? Oh. Right. But I don't think it's broadcast, so it's kind of tough. And I don't want to be shamed. It's the tour. It's the biggest damn race. You right. don't, you don't, um, you don't fault someone for actually following cycling in July, do you? Is your hand okay? Are you going to faint over here? I'm not going to faint. I'm just uh, evaluating how swollen it is still. I need to change my tires, I told you. Right I, I don't huh? have the ability to do that right now. Kind right. of a bummer. I'll have to call in some help. I can't make a fist. So the, the, we'll be done talking about the Giro, but let's talk about your hand. <laughs> that thing, you got stung on the hand. That's the same night when everyone was getting flats. Yeah. You got stung on the hand, and then you EpiPen yourself. Yeah, that can't be a good look either. Because uh, it was coming down Auburn Folsom. I think we pulled off like right at Horseshoe Bar, and you know we got a group of cyclists standing on the side of the road one of them's injecting themselves. It's like, we kind of already have a, like a, a visibility issue and optics. Yeah. Optics were, aren't great of me shooting up on the side of the road, but I would prefer to do that than die. Right. Um, yeah, but you weren't hiding in the bushes, were you? No, no. That's a Mark was there with me though. So <laughs> he knew how to respond. Uh, but yeah, I'm just surprised that the, the swelling is as significant as it is. I mean, we're a day and a half, two days later and I mean, I can't even close my hand because it's going to rip the skin off. It looks like fat bastard, you know. That's what my uh, wife said yesterday. Oh, did yeah. she? Well, was she talking about the, the Mike Myers I character? I she's just or? commenting on my race weight or lack thereof. Yeah. Um, the challenge, though, is uh, so went to the urgent care ER last night and they put me on some uh, some steroids that will kind of prevent me from being able to race, I think, for like two plus weeks just because it, uh, you know. It's on the uh, in-competition band list. Gotcha. So I think all of my results on the local race rides for the next two weeks should be... um, uh, Discarded? Yeah. Or or provisional? Self-disqualified, we'll we'll say. Oh, uh, so the question is, are you going to uh, keep yourself out of competition during this period, or are you just going to froom it? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't know if what I'm on gets an adverse analytical finding. It's... I'm definitely going to soft pedal the last hundred meters of this death ride tomorrow just to make sure it's, you know, I don't interrupt anybody's finishing place. So you there. can take this out of competition? Yes. It's just only if you're tested in competition. Right. And okay. they, they so, break so, down in competition. It's like you, you can't have it in your system within, I think, 24 hours. So if, if some, you know, friend of the podcast were to report you, just uh, you'd be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. I'm not registered. I mean, for that. Reason. Right. Other things. Ugh, I don't know. Right. I don't know what, what are we else? testing for. I don't know what else we are testing for. All right, so pretty excited about the the, the tour this weekend. I know. I, talk to me real quick um, about Froome's back in all that stuff. I know you've had some issues. You, you're like uh, when that whole happened when he was okay to ride. What was your take on that? And on how do you feel about it now? Recent development. Yes. Well, <sighs> is there something that today? I'm talking. You know, when he was allowed to race the tour and. And UCI WADA came out and cleared him. Yeah. What was your whole take on that? I think the biggest challenge is that 
you know, when, when Sky got dragged in front of UCAD um, and they made this proclamation that, hey, you know what? <sighs> We're doing everything right. We probably goofed up in the sense that we weren't as tra- transparent as we should have been. We're going to make an effort to be more transparent. And this Froom thing comes out and... You know, over the past few weeks, there's been a lot of back and forth uh, between Sky and the media and UCI and WADA. And I think it would have been a fantastic opportunity for Sky to step up and say, all right, here's what's going on. We're going to lay out all the facts for everybody. We don't have to because technically it shouldn't be, you know, on the public as it is at this point, which is fair. Um, But I, I think that in all reality, they probably did everything on the up and up. It's just, again, the optics of it, their other behavior, they kind of just go about things in a almost sneaky-like manner. And it doesn't do much for having confidence in them being the cleanest of the clean team. Right. Um, so, with again, the other thing that comes to light is the timing of like the decision on Froome. It was, uh, I think, on a Sunday, uh, ASO came out and said, you know what, we're going to boycott uh, or we're going to ban Froome from being able to come out here until this decision is is finalized. And I think it was two days later, it, WADA and UCI said, eh, there's no case. We give up. And it's like, how did that all shake out? And now each group is kind of pointing to the other group saying, well, it's up to them to make it public. And I, I think it would be in Sky's best interest to kind of lay it all out there and say, here's how everything happened. Here's the information we gave everybody. Here is our justification for Froome being allowed to continue racing while this process plays out. And here's our justification for Froome not having broken any rules. And I, I think the response from Brailsford was just, eh, we're not going to give anybody anything. We well, don't the, have to. But then I also heard Laporte uh, say that he didn't want it all out there because it would give those cheaters uh, the keys to how to do that. The more you hear and, him and, talk, it's like, he's like a small town mayor. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You know, it's, uh, I think for the, like what you said, I think sky is doing, you know, some stuff what they're, they're allowed to do, but I think part of the problem is they do everything with the, everything pointing towards litigation, right? Yeah. With that in mind, what do we do? You know, it's too legalistic, even as a, an as attorney, they're always thinking ahead of if we'd make this move, then this move, then we've got to worry about this to the point where it just sucks the life out of the whole thing. Right. And, and, you know, have some openness, uh, you know, release these files. And even when they, you know, remember a few years ago, they released his Von two files yeah. and even those were like scraped and right. scrubbed about, and you're just like, come on. Yeah. And it didn't help recently. I mean, again, I think it's one where the groups need to get together as bad as it sounds and just say, you know what, let's get together and come out with a consistent message because that's the only thing that's going to make right. this, you know, in any way palatable for the public. And you've got, UCI saying, oh, we can't do it because WADA says this. And WADA says, we didn't say that. We can release whatever you want. And there's just everybody's pointing at each other. And it's just going back around in the same circle again. And it's just, it's not doing much for, you know, folks having any confidence that that Froome is going to be a valid winner when he most likely wins the tour. Right. And given kind of the history of recent long-term winners, it's it's not a great look. What do you think about uh, you know people complaining about how much money he was able to spend? Do you have a problem with that? And I want to kind of pose that with the idea of let's say you're a writer on minimum mm-hmm. salary with the tour, yeah, Phil Guyman, right, and you have an asthma problem, yeah, and. Maybe and I and I think you know it's come out that maybe this test wasn't as everything it was cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. Is this a good thing for for protecting innocence of having a shitty test nail a rider that would never be able to? Uh, I mean, even Pataki basically it made it sound like he's like I couldn't go after it. Right. I, I had to just kind of give up. Yeah, I think it's definitely and, and one. science has changed since Pataki's time, right? I think right. they've come about and said, oh, maybe that test is a little different. Yeah, I, I think it's one where, yeah, obviously Froome and his team had the money to spend and they had the resources that few teams have. Obviously, that worked in Froome's favor. I think somebody asked him about that point blank in the past few days. And he basically danced around the question and just said, you know, if it really comes down to somebody not having the resources to defend themselves, that's not good. And it's like, well, that's not really the the answer or it's not really answering the question but anyway 
I think that also comes down to the writers needing to work a little more collaboratively on creating like a writer's union. Right. I mean, if you look at other sports, legal representation is there and ready and they're right. ready to defend you. And right. most of the writers are just in a position where they've got to go to the yellow pages and find a lawyer. Right. Right. So, and I, and I know we've talked about the, and we'll, we'll close this down here cause I know you have to take off it. Um, uh, Basically, you know, it's difficult the way money is structured into the sport, the sponsorship to allow this big writers to have a lot of power even because the, then the sponsors are just if you push too much, then the sponsors like flick them and they're gone. And yeah. then and then you, you're kind of stuck against that. And what do you have? You have a strong union and no racing. Right. So I don't know where that 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 breakdown is. Anyway, it, it seems like the 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 expected response for the sponsors is to basically punt the rider as soon as there's any, anything that comes up in question about them. And it's like, right. well, who's going to stand behind that rider then if he's automatically separated from whatever potential financial resources he had available. To right. And yeah. quick deviation, you know, I remember uh, during the OJ trial, they talked about how much money he spent mm-hmm. on his defense, which is, I don't remember the number, but it was a lot, but the counter that is, the government spent, I think it was three or four times that amount. And mm-hmm. they basically have an unlimited resources. So, okay, you know, you've got to maybe even things up. Think of the guy that has no money. Right. With that said, I don't think WADA has a very, <laughs> very big budget at all. So maybe part of this goes into WADA and better testing. And, you know, like I definitely want to have legit tests yeah. that are catching guys, uh, you know, 20 year anniversary of the Festina affair and people are still doping like crazy afterwards. Right. You think, you know, you get caught by a drunk driver uh, and you're, you're a drunk driver, you get caught, you're going to stop drinking for a while. Yeah. No, I'm sure that Pantani was just fueled the whole race. Yeah. So, all right. Any last words? No, I just, uh, I'm looking forward to that Sunday stage. I think it's be really cool. I think, um, I think that'll be obviously not the decisive one, but I think it has a, a good potential to shake things up. Right. I did. I think so too. It should be fun. And I don't know if it'll be an early start due to the World Cup final that day, Ooh. but um, you know, watch some real, real sports. You got cycling coming yeah. on. Maybe the um, British Open does it start then? No, it's coming up too. The nineteenth or so. The Open. I'm sorry, the Open. Yeah, the Open. All right. If that's it, then we'll 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 finish Who up. Who are you there. picking for Wimbledon? Uh, is Boris Becker still playing? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, he's in the run. <laughs> I, I saw, it's just a great month for sport. I, I, I mean, there's so many big right. things going. I on. I saw a picture of him just the other day, and he he looks like fat bastard. Does he? Yeah, oh. and he was he was playing tennis at maybe Wimbledon. he'll play doubles. Yeah, less ground to cover. <laughs> right, squash maybe. Right. Uh, who are you picking for Wimbledon? I don't know. I haven't been following. Stephanie Graf is she still? <laughs> no, I just I saw Federer got ousted, and oh. I was kind of bummed about that. So yeah, all right. Well, enjoy the the white shorts and green grass there. All right, episode seventy nine between two wheels. Thanks for joining. As always, you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, whatever podcast service you use. We tried to do this on YouTube. Um, I think we're having some issues with that, but check us out anyway there as well on our Facebook page between two wheels. Enjoy the upcoming stages from Chris and Tyler and Kurt. Thanks. Cool. Bye. See you guys.